welcome to the Midlife with Careers podcast. I'm your host, Kim Benoit, and every week I share stories of women just like you, amazing women over 40 who have found their courage to live life on their terms. These beautiful women have found the confidence to take on midlife like rock stars. They share their stories to inspire and encourage you to find your courage, build your confidence, and start living every moment. Remember, if you enjoy this podcast, please remember to show me some love and leave a review. Now, let's get started. Hey everyone, this is Kim. I just wanted to let you know that since I recorded this episode, I did read Simone's book called The Extraordinary Unordinary You. She has some wonderful messages in there, even more than what we covered in the episode. And she writes in a way that's easy to read, very enjoyable, and you will love it. So grab that book, The Extraordinary Unordinary You. You can get it on Amazon or online, other places. Um, If you have a bookstore in your town, why don't you go, go there and ask them to order it for you and you'll be supporting a small business as well. All right, enjoy this episode and I'll talk to you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Midlife with Courage. I'm Kim Benoy, your host, and I'm so happy to have you here. I'm also very happy to have my guest here today. Her name is Simone Canego. Welcome to the podcast, Simone. Thanks so much for having me here today. Yeah, Simone is an author and a motivational speaker and a mom of six, and we're going to talk about her story today, and um, she's got some great messages to share with all of you. So, Simone, why don't you just start and kind of tell us where in the world you are and what you're up to right now? So I live in Sarasota, Florida, and it is, yesterday it was 93 degrees out, so it's quite hot here right now. And right now I am, actually, my son is graduating from high school next week, my fourth to graduate from high school. Yeah, so that's a big deal. Congratulations. Thank you. And, um, you know, just working on speaking and writing another book, actually. Wonderful. Oh, we got to talk about that too. Um, so I'm, I've been starting out my episodes and I don't know if I told you this or not, so I might be putting you on the spot, but if there's one scent that you could bottle up and take with you wherever you go, what would that scent be? Oh, that's a really interesting question. <laughs> um, I think there's a scent like that. I remember when I had a, every time and I, not all of my children were babies because I we adopted children at a uh, later age, but the mm-hmm. smell of a baby. It's like right after yes. a bath, the smell of a baby. Yes, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And at my age, I'm not around many babies anymore. So it's I love that. Wonderful. Great answer. Awesome. Sorry to put you on the spot. So no, that's I fine. popped it in on you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you have a story. You were in one career and you switched and but you tell us tell us your story tell us about you and um your messages and everything I've done yeah I've done a lot of different things in my life I actually started off as a CPA I have a master's in accounting and I realized pretty quickly that I didn't like sitting behind a desk not that all CPAs sit behind a desk and it's a it's a great profession uh one of my best friends is a partner at one of the big firms but it just It wasn't for me. And I struggled for a long time, really figuring out what I was passionate about. I taught horseback riding lessons. I went into medical sales. I went back to school to be a teacher. I've done a lot, a lot of things. And 
what I finally realized, and it was actually through some volunteer work that I really loved storytelling. And that's how I got to where I am today, uh, understanding that we all have a story, we just need to realize it. And it's so important for us to share our story so that we can maybe inspire one other person to look at something differently or try something different because they feel that comfort in that they're not alone. Right. Oh my gosh. And you just summed up why I do this podcast, because that's yeah. what I want to do. I want to inspire other women. So wonderful. When did you climb Mount Kilimanjaro? Mm. So I climbed, Kil yeah, I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro in 2015. Seems like yesterday, but 2015. <laughs> so that was also a really big turning point for me. I had never done anything like that, completely out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. But a friend of ours asked my husband, our friend had climbed it the year before, and he asked my husband, would you be interested in doing it? And of course, the way I tell the story is one, two, three, no, thank you, call Simone. And <laughs> he did call me and I said, I would definitely be interested. And it's, it's funny because I think I was interested because I needed something to really push me out of my comfort zone to make me realize what I was capable of. For so long in my life, I was going from point A to point B, not realizing I was making a difference in the world. Didn't matter that I had six kids. You would think that in itself would be enough. <laughs> and I didn't see myself as somebody that was important and somebody valuable to society. And that was a moment where I set a goal, I put in the work behind it, and I accomplished it. And for me, that was a moment when I got to the summit, I really said to myself that I'm not going to listen to what anybody else is saying to me any, anymore. I'm not going to focus on the naysayers. I am not going to worry about what anybody else is doing. I'm really going to focus on what I want. And that's the big thing. It's a lot of times I think we do things because it's what other people are doing or because other people think that we should be doing it instead of really asking ourselves what we want. And that changed everything for me. And it changed a lot of things for my family too, because I think especially for my girls, my boys as well, but realizing that you can do whatever you want to do if you put in the work. And you know, there's gonna be failures along the way. That's just how life is. I've had friends say, well, what if you didn't make it to the top? Would you still feel the same? And I said, yes, because I tried something completely out of my comfort zone. And then maybe I would do it again and try it differently. So. But it was really a, a big turning point in my life. And that's really when I started thinking about the speaking and storytelling and realizing that I had a story to share with people. That is amazing. And it's kind of interesting that you said, you know, I didn't think that I had value or, you know, you, but you have six children. And I, as women, I, th I think that's, it's a mom and a woman thing. We don't, maybe we aren't appreciated or we think we aren't appreciated because we aren't told. Do you think that is part of that aspect? So I think that we think we aren't appreciated. I can tell you my husband appreciates me very much. So it's never <laughs> had anything to do with his thought process. I don't know. I think I was always comparing myself to everyone else thinking I'm not doing enough. And I remember sitting at a luncheon one time next to a woman who was a CEO of a huge corporation. And she asked me what I did. And at the time I was a stay at home mom. And she said to me, I can't imagine anything worse. So if you want to talk about having oh. 
people affect the way you feel about yourself. That comment right there, like really crushed me, right? I mean, as women, we should be elevating other women, not bringing them down. Okay, you don't want to raise kids. That's fine. But don't disparage what I'm doing in my life. Right, right. Yeah, that is amazing. My heart hurts for you for her saying that. Um, I think as I've gotten older and interacted with more women, I'm finding as we get older, women do tend to support each other more. Mm. Are you finding that? I, I agree. I definitely, I definitely see that. I'm, and I'm also more open to like joining different women's organizations. I think when I was younger, I was like, oh, this won't be for me or, mm-hmm. and it's amazing when you join a club that is just women, it, you have this amazing support group that is willing to help you and willing to hear your struggles and share their struggles with you. I'm always big on when we're sitting at a table, I will start with what I'm struggling with because I think when we are able to open with that or show that vulnerability, other women will join in and feel the same because a lot of times I think we're, we feel like we're going to be judged by somebody else. And I feel for me that that's kind of like a good icebreaker of like, okay, let me tell you what just happened to me today. This is ridiculous, <laughs> you know? And And it really, I think it really helps other women again, feel like they're part of something and that they're not in this alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think for me, just to take perimenopause and menopause, like all these Mm -hmm. symptoms you have. And I like literally was like something like brain fog was one thing I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And, you know, like, well, this is weird. It must be just me. And then I come to find out, oh no, that's common. That's something Mm -hmm. that happens. And like, oh, okay. Thank goodness. (laughs) Okay. Um, but just, I think we're all kind of on similar journeys and we kind of, we need that. We need to show each other how vulnerable we are and you know, that it's okay. We're in it, in it together. Like you kind of said, so. Yeah. And um, support each other. I mean, it's yeah, really support. Yes. Yeah. Really, really. It's it. life should really be about elevating other people. And as women, we should really be elevating other women, not being catty, not comparing ourselves to others, just, you know, how can I help? How can I make you feel better? Yeah. Yeah. Because then that in return helps us feel better too. Absolutely. So yeah. Your book is called The Extraordinary Unordinary You. And you talk about um, changing the way you see yourself will help the world change. So let's talk about that and dive into that a little bit more. Yeah. I'm a big believer in that we don't need to change who we are. We need to change the way we see ourselves because we all add. And again, this wasn't something that I thought 20 years ago, right? I mm-hmm. It took me time to realize that we all have incredible value and that all the things we do every day, whether it's saying hi to our neighbor, whether it's being kind on a customer service phone call, I think sometimes we forget that there's a, a person on the end, other end of that call. Um, and understanding that these little things that we do really matter in the world. It isn't just if we're a huge philanthropist giving tons of money. Yes, that's great. But it's also about just how we go through our lives. And we don't give ourselves enough credit for the things we do every day. And and you can see this, especially with women, how, again, we don't feel like we're enough. And each and every one of us is more than enough. We just have to take a look in the mirror and and see that. And Mm -hmm. so I wrote the book really after I had started doing some speaking, several people had said to me, do you have a book? No, I'm not a writer. You should write a book. Oh, I couldn't write a book. You know, really that Mm -hmm. self-limiting belief again of, 
well, why can't I write a book, right? I mean, I know how to write and I I have yeah. the time right now. Why not do it? Why not? Why share, not? Yeah, why not share my messages? And I, it was funny when I said to my husband, so I think I'm going to write a book. And he's like, interesting. But you know what? Can't wait to read it. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thank you. And it's a lot of my stories. So it's about having six children, adopting the youngest three, their adoption journeys. And a lot of the things that I learned along the way, I mean, there's a lot of ridiculous stories in there as well. Like the time my son was away at summer camp, my youngest son, and he actually was bitten by a poisonous snake and they had to life flight him to, this is not the funny part of the story. They had to life flight him to a hospital in Atlanta. And luckily my husband, I was out of the country. My husband was able to go and fly there and he he was in the ICU for three days, but he did, he did great. And they came home. And when he came home, I had to take him to physical therapy because his arm was locked in place from the swelling. So we get in the car and we're backing out of the driveway and I'm looking back at him like, did you buckle? And he's like, I'm trying. It's really hard with one arm. And I'm looking at in the back seat and I'm like, why is there popcorn everywhere? Like, I'm sure the car was decently clean. Now, again, it's a minivan. We called it the moving trash can with six kids. But mm-hmm. it, so I look back again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is not popcorn. I was like, get out of the car, get out of the car. He's like, what? We get out of the car found out that there was rat poop everywhere a rat had climbed in through the engine block it had chewed on every seat in the van oh no <laughs> and it ended up getting totaled the it was it would cost way too much to replace more than the van was worth to replace all the seats so they actually totaled my minivan so my minivan oh, was totaled yeah. because a rat ate my seats and <laughs> I I tell that story in there because first of all, it's gross and hilarious. And Uh second of all, when I was younger, I would have been so embarrassed by that. Oh my gosh, like my car is so dirty that a rat got in it. You know, life happens, right? I mean, let's like make it into something ridiculously funny because at the end of the day, it's in the past. I can't fix that. Now my car today is much cleaner because I don't have little kids anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, amazing how that happens. But when you eat crackers every day and there's stuff in every nook and cranny of the seats, you never know what you're going to find. And yeah, yeah. definitely it got in through the engine block and that was that. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So I do tell some, you know, ridiculous stories in there, but it's all, you know, these are things that happen in our lives. And I think it's important that we, we share them to inspire other people and to make other people laugh as well. Right. Right. Yeah. I think too, like, um, it just helps people know that we're human too. Like, when I do podcasts, I always tell my guests, you know, if your doorbell rings or your dogs bark, that's okay. We're, you know, it's not the end of the world. People like to hear that we're actual people and, you know, things like that happen or whatever. So, um, yeah, but wow, a rat eating up your car. That's a new one. (laughs) Yeah. The guy at the, the place said, I've been doing this for 20 something years. And I can tell you, I have never said that I had to total a car because a rat ate the seats. He's like, I've had rats get in and eat the wires in the engine, but never the seats. I was like, well, Hey, something new. I was like, it's like a, one of those, uh, state farm commercials, a farmer's commercials, whatever the insurance is, you know, like when they have those ridiculous stories. Yeah. That was my ridiculous story. There it was. Oh, that's (laughs) awesome. Oh my gosh. Oh, crazy. I know. Uh, so tell us about the adoption journey. I, we have, my nephew was adopted. I just, I think that's amazing. So can you tell us about that a little bit? 
Yeah, absolutely. We had, we had three biological children already and we just felt like something was still missing. I was not a good pregnant person. We had talked about adoption actually in between our first two children because they're four years apart. But as soon as we started talking about it, guess what? I found out I was pregnant. Of course. So we revisited We lived in Texas at the time. And then when we moved to Florida and we had our third, not too long after that, we were like, what do you think? Should we, you know, we talked about it and we brought the kids on in on the conversation and mm -hmm. they were all like, yes. And for each adoption, uh, everybody had to take a blind vote because it had to be unanimous. It's not just my husband and I raising a child. It's uh -huh. the entire family raising a child. And never once did any of them vote no. Nice. They, you know, and when they were younger, I'm sure like, this is really cool. We get a new sibling. Um, you know, but it's been life changing for our family. So our first adoption was our son, Noah, who's from South Korea. He was a baby. Mm -hmm. He was four months old when he came home and he completely turned our world upside down. We didn't realize at the time, it took a long time to uh, get a diagnosis, but he's on the autism, autism spectrum and he had a lot of sensory issues. He still does. Um, he's an amazing human being and it was a big adjustment. You put him in the car, he cried. You put him in the tub, he cried. You put him on his stomach, he cried. You put him on his back, he cried. Oh no. <laughs> and it was it was a lot. But I think I thought I knew patience because I had three children and it taught me a level of patience that I didn't think I was capable of. And obviously uh -huh. I was. And you know, I th I'm a big believer in, you know, things happen for a reason. Like he was meant to be part of our family. Mm -hmm. And when he was about two we said we want to do this again and crazy right but we wanted to do this again <laughs> i think it's awesome <laughs> and when we adopted from korea my husband's 10 years older than me so the oldest parent couldn't be older than 43 at the time and so we couldn't go back to korea and so we looked at options available for our family and we fell in love with ethiopia we knew that the kids there had you know, there's probably some horrible traumatic experience that they had gone through, whether it's poverty or death of a, a parent. And in Ari's case, so Ari is our son from Ethiopia. He came home at four and a half years old and his birth mother had passed away when he was two and a half and he was truly starving. He had rickets. He, he has scars all over the bottom of his feet because he had never owned a pair of shoes until he came home. Um, and he is an amazing human. He's the one graduating next week from high school. Okay. He's going off to High Point University in North Carolina in the fall. Oh, wow. And, you know, it really changed our life. But as soon as we were at the orphanage, so that on that trip, so when we brought Noah home, it's actually Jacob, my oldest son and I went to bring Noah home. And then when we brought Ari home, my husband came along as well as our older girls. And the girls loved being there they would hold the babies all day long they cried when we left Aww. but we knew we knew when we were there that we were going to come back again like there were just so many amazing kids just waiting for a family to love them and so we after a year being home we took a vote and started the process again and we actually requested an older boy again mm -hmm. And surprise, uh, we were matched with Millie. She was two and a half years old at the time. Oh. <laughs> so, and we call her the grand finale because she completes our family. She is an amazing kid. I was just at her parent teacher conference and, you know, all the teachers always rave about her. Like, and I know this, uh, mm -hmm. but it just, she just warms everyone's heart. Like she's just, just her smile. She just is such Aww. a sweet kid. And, 
I can't imagine my life any other way. Yes. Is it chaos every day? It's getting less chaotic because three are out of the house. Sure. But, um, you know, it's still the phone calls from the older kids. There's always some kind of drama happening. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yep. so we all just know that, right? I know that. Yeah. Just because they're out of the house doesn't mean you're done. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I really couldn't imagine my life any other way. It's It really is so rewarding. And again, looking back at how my, how my thinking was years ago that I wasn't making a difference, like it's ridiculous Like it, to, mm-hmm. to think that as a mom, we're not doing amazing things. We are. We're raising the next generation yes. of humans. And that's really, I'm going to say the most important thing, but one of the most important things that we can do in this world is to raise good humans. It's not yes. just raising humans, but raising good humans, good takes, humans. A lot of, takes a lot of work. And yes. we need to give ourselves more credit for that. Oh, definitely. I can't even count how many times I've had just someone even on this podcast. Well, you know, I had my kids, like you had kids and they're doing good things. That's amazing. And that's wonderful. So yeah, I'm glad that you highlight that and kind of mention that too. So yeah, there's nothing like it. <laughs> no, no. And yeah. it's like a different curveball every day. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Who knew that I was playing baseball? But yes, I am. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's funny. Um, yeah. I have two daughters and you have three daughters. Um, mm-hmm. So I I think it's really important to kind of share messages with them at, from my, you know, 55-year-old perspective. Are you, you're obviously probably doing the same thing with your daughters as well. Yeah, com- completely. Yeah. And, you know, obviously as parents, we make mistakes. There's, there's good and there's, there's bad messages. And um, I have, I have two stories that I'd like to tell if that's okay. And first one is about a message that I was giving that I didn't even realize I was doing. And I'm someone who has gone up and down with weight my whole life. And I think that was part of me looking in the mirror and saying that I'm not enough. Um, and that I'm never, you know, I, can't even keep the weight off. Like what's wrong with me? You know, other women here like, oh, they can all do it. Why can't I do it? And I remember getting ready for this event and I put on clothes that were too tight and I'm looking in the mirror and mumbling. I'm probably not even saying it really out loud, but oh my gosh, I can't believe you gave weight again. What's wrong with you? This is ridiculous. You look horrible. And my daughter walked up and she said to me, you have to stop. You have to stop being so hard on yourself. You are giving me a complex. She's like, how do you expect me to like my body when you don't like your own? And she was so right. It was such a moment in time where I was like, oh my gosh, like I didn't even realize that I was doing it. So I think Uh. it's so important that we, we need to love ourselves for who we are. I mean, there's no perfect in the world. There, there's us, we are people and you know, we have, wrinkles and scars and (laughs) we go up and down and wait and that's all fine (laughs) yeah it doesn't it doesn't matter like what matters is that we love ourselves and that was such a good message from her so that i could stop doing this to myself and therefore then stop doing it to her because obviously my messaging was making her feel bad about herself and i didn't even realize i was doing it so I've had a lot of people say to me, you know what, I do the same thing. And I didn't realize the effect it was having on my kids. Yeah. So that's amazing. And good for her for speaking it and for saying that. Because sometimes I think they don't realize it. It just kind of keeps like they get the message, but they don't have that 
I don't know what it would be just to say that, Hey, you shouldn't be saying that. So yes. Awesome. I think it's, and I think it's really important. And you know, that's one of the things I really say that, you know, you need to speak your mind and when something bothers you, don't just hold it in because it's just going to simmer and then it's going to brew and then it's going to be, you know, you're going to be miserable about something. And then at some point you might not even remember what you're miserable about because you never let it out. Right. Um, so that definitely, yeah, they, they, they speak their mind to me all the time. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> um, second story. And this is also kind of a what not to do or a reminder of, you know, how, how we act in front of our children, not just what we say, how we act. We were in, and this was after I had written my book and my book is really a motivational, inspirational kind of, it's in the self-help category, but it's more of like realizing what you're capable of and recognizing what you, the, that the little things you do every day matter. So this was during COVID, we went to Starbucks and obviously it's not open. So you have to go through the drive-through and we're waiting in line and the line was so packed that we were like back out in the parking lot. So I stopped in a way where if people had to pull out or go around me, they could. So the line starts moving. And as soon as the line starts moving, a person just jumps in front of me and I lose it. I am like, you know, and I'm always like, you know, take a breath, be patient. Like there's <laughs> nothing, you know, you never know what anybody else is going through. Mm -hmm. And my daughter, she was 13 at the time. She's sitting in the front seat and she's like, are you okay, mom? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> She's like, well, you don't look fine to me. Um, I think you might need to reread your own book. I think you've forgotten quite a few things about patience and kindness and understanding. You always te teach us to practice what you preach. And I don't think you're practicing what you preach right now. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so awesome. <laughs> yeah, she totally called me out. So yes, yeah, so I, I guess that's one big thing I teach my kids is to, you know, say it how they see it. And Definitely. so- in, you know, then we go through the, all the hypothetical things like, you know, she said, you always say we never know what anybody else is going through. And, you know, who knows, maybe she just really needed her morning cup of coffee. Maybe she's running late to work. Maybe she didn't even realize that you were in the line. Yeah. Then, of course, we get up to the window to pay and the woman paid for our drinks. Oh, so, yes. So and it's again, it's a moment that I won't forget because it sure. was went from like me being ridiculous, like what is wrong with me to having this really positive moment. And then of course my daughter said, can we pay for the car behind us? And how long do you think that will last? Like how many cars? I said, well, until there's like a $35 charge. Exactly. <laughs> that, yeah. That's when it will stop. But yeah. um, you know, it's really an important lesson for me again. It's, it's really about how much we can learn from our kids based on what we are doing. And it was hilarious. I was like, she is so right. And so I think about that all the time now when I feel like I'm gonna, I mean, we're human, right? We're gonna lose our temper. It's not like we're not, but it's a reminder of, is this really important to be upset about, you know? Right. And and it's helpful to have someone that calls me out on things or all of them that call me out on things. Yes. Um, because they're right. This is, you know, if I'm going through my life in this certain way and then I have these moments, it's like, remind me that I don't need these moments. I need to just keep going in the path that I'm going. I mean, let me have my moment and then remind me why I shouldn't be having my moment. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's awesome too, that she's 13 at that time. And she, you know, noticed that I probably most 13 year olds wouldn't. <laughs> oh, the way she said it was so funny too. Oh uh, my gosh. I think That's... you need to reread your own book. I'm like, read your own book. <laughs> I can see a 13 year old saying that. But yeah. yeah, something, you know, that, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, you've done good. <laughs> yeah, oh, they're good kids. Yeah. I'm very, very, 
very fortunate. You do motivational speaking. So where do you tour the country? Do you tour the world? Where do you speak usually? Yeah, I speak in the country. I haven't uh -huh. really, well, I mean, I was in Israel two weeks ago and I did a little thing there, but oh, mostly, fun. mostly in the U.S., um, okay. different organizations, corporations, philanthropic organizations, um, and I love it. I, again, going from not realizing I had a story to having someone come up after and say to me, you inspired me to do this. And this isn't about me. This is just about that person. That's, you sure. know, for me, it's about like, wait, I was able to use my words in such a way, words matter, words are a big deal, mm -hmm. in such a way that someone took something away from it and maybe will make a change about how they feel about themselves or what they're doing in their life and really focusing on seeing what they want. And it just, it makes me happy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love that. I was just talking, um, I think yesterday to someone about how sometimes I get kind of like those, you know, that little negative voice is like, oh, this mm. is a podcast. I don't know what I'm doing. It's just, I don't know if it matters. And then somebody mm. will email me out of the blue or say something, oh, hey, I love that podcast you did about so-and-so and it really helped motivate me or whatever. So yeah, I, I get that. I totally get that. Um, so I know you have a website. Do you want to share that with our listeners so they can find you and yeah. more about you and your book and everything Absolutely. you're doing? Yes. Um, actually, what's funny is um, one thing I didn't mention is I actually started a podcast with my daughter. Uh, oh, my I daughter who's 20. Yeah, it's called the Daughter Dearest Podcast and it's authentic mother-daughter conversation. So when you said the thing about if a dog barks or a doorbell rings or whatever, yeah. like we don't edit, we just go. It's a conversation. Nice. We pick different topics and one of them was really funny. We did embarrassing moments that maybe shouldn't be so embarrassing and <laughs> she has she has Crohn's disease and so bathrooms sometimes are a little too far away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we talk about mm -hmm. like real stories and um, it's a, it's been a lot of fun to be able to do that with her. And she also loves to share. She's the one that told me to be kind to myself, stop, you know, oh, nice. stop being so hard on myself. Um, so that's one thing that we're doing right now, which is really a lot of fun. Um, but my website is my name, simonecanego.com. And okay. it is, if you search me, you will find me. I believe I'm still the only Simone Canego in the world because it's a weird name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm easy to find. And I do write a blog every week and really try to keep my website up to date and you know I've, i again if i can and you never know like you said like what am i doing with my podcast what am i doing with this and then i'll have people come up to me and say oh i read your article that that was fantastic or and then anything so social media to me has been like the hardest thing because i don't love it right it's like it's that you have to be out there with this kind of stuff so that people can find you but it's also that balance of how much do i want to be found right right <laughs> Yeah. And um, so I never know, like I'm doing these posts and, you know, people like certain things, but they don't. And I can't tell you how many people have come up and, oh, I read that. I read that. I read that. That was great. I'm like, yeah. I have no idea if people like it or not, because it's if you're not clicking like, you know, yeah. you don't know. Yeah. So but what I've realized is that is that doesn't matter if one person finds value in it, then I need to keep doing it. So, sure. um, but yeah, that's where you can find me and my All book right. you can find on. Amazon, any online retailer, you can find it. And um, I'm working on a second book. Yeah. And uh, that this book is called Label Me Not. Oh, it's all I about like that. breaking. Thank you. Uh, breaking through the labels that we 
put on ourselves or that society places upon us and stories of these are really stories of other people and what they've gone through um right now the chapter i'm writing about is um juvenile delinquents and also uh the term juvenile delinquent and um people who have been incarcerated and how that label uh has sticks with them no matter what and you know we all are capable of change right like Mm -hmm. we all make mistakes and so it's really writing about actually one of the stories i'm writing about is a man who he actually was incarcerated for 15 years and he was proven innocent and after the at that, that time and and so he created a foundation to help people that are coming out of the prison system being able to come back into society because you're completely alone it's really such a hard thing and you know writing about his story and really it's emotional it's but we have these labels that are placed upon us the the label juvenile delinquent as soon as you label a child a juvenile delinquent their behavior plummets because then they don't believe in in themselves other people believe that you know they're a bad kid and so when i say words matter words matter so that's what i'm working on Awesome. Well, I look forward to that one too. Thank you. Um, Yeah. So we will put your links to your website on our show notes so people can find you. Before we say goodbye, is there anyone, you've given us so many wonderful messages, but Mm -hmm. is there anything else you want to share with us that maybe we didn't cover or reiterate something we did talk about? I'll just go back to really what I believe is my core message is in that we don't need to change who we are. We need to change the way we see ourselves take a look in the mirror. You're beautiful. You add value. You're making a difference in the world. You have to believe it. And once you do, it really changes so many things. You're, you know, when, when I started truly believing in myself, doors opened in so many different ways because I was willing to try new things. I was willing to reach out and help others. I wasn't so just focused on like, oh, I'm not enough. I can't do this. Or, and then I really started asking myself if I wanted to. And that's really what really made such a big change for me. So that would be what I'd love to leave you with. Awesome. Well, Simone, thank you so much for being my guest today. I really enjoyed this conversation. Me too. Thanks so much for having me here. Yeah, you have a great day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Midlife with Courage. I hope that it has inspired and motivated you to live your best life. I'm Kim Benoy, a retired registered nurse, a wife, a mom, and now a certified aromatherapist. To learn more about my story and to get some tools to help you on your health and wellness journey, please go to my website, www.midlifewithcourage.com. You'll find lots of great information there. And if you would like to, go ahead and subscribe to my newsletter so that you are always up to date on what's happening. I promise not to bombard you. I usually send out a newsletter once, maybe twice a month. So check that out. Until next time, take care of your beautiful self, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.